you're fat. You're so you drink anyone. Maybe if you under show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. party. You're the Chargers. I'm going to be a Hello friends, welcome back to You're Such a Catch. I'm Erin and today we're going to dive back into that dating pool. That's right, head first, cannonball. <laughs> If you've been tuning in, you know we just wrapped the She Can Do It, the Empowerment Series. Are you rocking your empowerment pin? No, really, I want to see you wearing your doppelganger. Tag me at You're Such a Catch. I've been rocking mine everywhere. I will say it's a great conversation starter. If you're looking for a way to make new friends, seriously try it. I guarantee you someone's going to ask what it stands for, what it means, and then you can look them dead in the eye and say you're a part of an elite girl gang. (laughs) Anyway, if you don't have a pin yet and you want one, there's one with your name on it, perhaps literally. So hop on over to youresuchacatch.com and pick yours up today before my guest Cora Boyd drops some knowledge on all of us. She's got some dating tips and tricks to share. I want to give you a little backstory So I first watched Cora on The Cut on YouTube. So I don't know if you've watched any of those videos, but they're fabulous. So she's been in a few, but the two that I've linked in the episode notes, they're dope. You got to check them out. Combined, they have over 20 million views. Yes, million. (laughs) On the first video, Cora is asked to guess who's sleeping with who. You guys, you have to check this out. It's fascinating. The second video, she's asked to match the dating profile to the person. It's so good. After I saw them, I was hooked. So I started to follow Cora on Instagram. And then one day I happened to be watching her story and she said she was in LA. And there was an event that she was putting on that evening. And so I decided on a whim that I was going to go to the event. I had to, I mean, she was in LA. So I did. And if you subscribe to my blog, then you've already read about the event, but it was great. It was called Pillow Talk. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I thought literally that we were gonna sit there and she was gonna just like preach to us, you know, all these dating tips and tricks and I was gonna leave just full of knowledge so I could get out there and swipe right and, you know, find my perfect match. But that's not what it was. It was literally like a group of men and women who are dating in LA and they are they represent all different cultures, ages, you know, sexual preferences, all different walks of life. And essentially she'd throw a topic out and we would all give our take or opinion on it. So very, very interesting to see um, the male perspective firsthand in the room and to also just like hear other people's dating woes and what's working for them, what's not working, their perspective on dating in LA. It was fascinating. So if you haven't checked out the blog post, feel free to do so and definitely check out those YouTube videos. You're just going to be blown away. I am so lucky today. I am chatting with Cora Boyd, who is a dating and attraction coach. Did I get that right? 
You know, I've been calling myself all kinds of things, romantic and social magnetism coach, dating coach. I answer, I answer to many things. I also <laughs> you do. answer to Cora. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I help people in, in attraction and the relationship space. Right. Well, I am so pumped to talk to you. I have so many questions. And I want to start off with, I was reading your bio and you do have a degree in psychology, but also in liberal arts. So walk me down the path as to how you got to where you are today, because I'm thinking liberal arts, like, was she going to be a teacher? And I mean, I guess kind of you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I am. It's just like not... (laughs) Not a traditional classroom. Setting. Right. Yeah. So I, I was a creative writing major. I studied, Ooh. yeah, I studied writing. I was also a, a Spanish major. So I've always really been interested in social dynamics. I actually used to watch back when the game was a thing, right? Like, even uh-huh. though it's sleazy as hell, like, I watched all of those videos because I was just fascinated. I it was like, what? Like these people are breaking down social dynamics and like, yes, this is problematic, but whoa. Right, <laughs> like, right. I was watching that shit in high school as like a high school girl. I was <laughs> watching this thing for like grown men and social dynamics. So right. I've always been really interested in that. I feel like that's part of what what compels me about writing too, is it's uh-huh. it's really about like getting at the root of our motivations and and it's a form of communication. So I feel like what I've moved into in like coaching and relationship coaching Mm is it's a weirdly intuitive extension on what I've always been doing. It's just like a really different format. But it's a very niche market, you know? Yes, it is. And so for my listeners who don't know, and kind of how I learned about you, is that you're primarily focused on males, right? Helping men. Mm-hmm. And so how did you decide to make them your focus or kind of like your priority, like branding yourself around that? Yeah. So I started out as a matchmaker. I was a matchmaker for a couple of years. And in that time, I just, I got to interview so many people about dating. So I started to see like, okay, I started to get a feel for what the pieces were, how they fit together, how they didn't fit together, et cetera. And what I noticed so much was how women, yes, of course, all of us could use some dating help. All of us could use some perspective. And that's something that I just want to like drill in time and time again. It's like, there's absolutely nothing shameful about seeking therapy or coaching. In fact, like we should all be doing that. I, right. I work with three mentors at a time. I'm not shy about that. No way. Amazing. Yeah, three okay. at a time. I'm like, yeah, if I'm going to be doing this work with people, I need to be dealing with my own shit too. So <laughs> I just want to emphasize that. But what I was seeing most of all is that, okay, we all have this need to externally process and have some like emotional support along with some logistical, hey, here's what your blind spots are advice. Mm-hmm in dating and relationships, every single one of us. And for men, they have not been socialized or have not been as socially encouraged to seek out that support and the way that that's more normalized for women. And I'm sure this is true for you. This is true for me. Like if I'm having some relationship question, I will create like a group text with like five of my female friends and be like, I don't know what to do. And then everyone's (laughs) weighing in. Right. And then I pretty much do what I was going to do anyway. Right. 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 right, Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you need a little bit of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So for men, the way that we have socially encouraged or rather like discouraged men, is like to not seek out the support, not seek out the counsel. So like the result of that is like, if you're never talking about this with anyone, Mm -hmm. 
we all have blind spots. We all have things that we struggle with or that we just don't see with total clarity in this process that's highly vulnerable. That is, it's really easy to let our imaginations run wild in dating. That, like, right. That's the truth. It's like, we can all and go a little nuts, right? Totally. And it's really yeah. easy to create this narrative in your head that yeah. may not actually be the reality, but Absolutely. you know, you right. we compound. We someone to check us a little bit and be like, Awesome. I hear you're excited. I want to remind you that you've known this person for a total of three days. So maybe before you know, elope or whatever, or the opposite (laughs) of like, hey, this person seems really wonderful. Why don't you give them a chance? Like, we all need a little bit of encouragement to get out of our own way. What I was seeing as incredibly true was that so many men do not even talk about this with their friends. They do not have or have not sought out resources to like, really have candid, encouraging conversations and open Mm -hmm. up, open up and process this, right? Yeah. Well, they don't typically Mm -hmm. like discuss their emotions or show emotion. And yeah, I can't see them really doing that either. Whereas us girls, we go out to happy hour and we're like, okay, what dates have you been on? How are they going? Like, you know, and then you start whipping out your phone and everybody's comparing like, oh, have you been out with him? Because we have to know. And when you live in these like smaller communities, it isn't uncommon to be like, oh, we both went on a date with the same guy. Okay, so so when you get these men and you, you know, take them on as a client, like walk me through what that looks like. And and also, are they approaching you? Like, are these guys raising their hands and going, hey Cora, I need help? Or because yeah. I, I I mean I just feel like that's a bold move from a man. Yeah, yeah. So I would say at this point in my business, I have moved to the point of specializing in men and essentially working with anyone who really resonates with what I have to say and who I resonate with. Uh, so yes, that's exactly right. They have to ask for the help. I fully let clients seek me out because I can't help anyone if they don't want help or if they're going to be defensive about it or if they're going to have walls up about it, right? I mean, the truth is that growth and coaching, it's a, as we said, it's a vulnerable process. Literally, my job is to draw attention to people's bullshit for them. Right, right. And then help them work through it. And help them work through it, right? So like, it's a triggering process. It can be really Mm -hmm. triggering. Ideally, I mean, that's what we're doing here. We're not, we're not here for me to like, give someone a pat on the head and be like, keep doing that thing that's not working for you, right? Like, be kind. And my intention is to build people up. And the way that I see the most impact or like the greatest potential to do that is by by being really honest. Mm -hmm. So for my listeners who don't know, you know, you do a lot of these cut videos and one of the ones that I watched recently was really cool. I thought you had different people's profiles and you had like a lineup of men and you kind of went through the profile, their photos were blocked. And so all you could do is like read about the person, assess the photo without the person's face, and then also kind of like their bio or the questions that they answered. And I really liked your take because you were really quick to go, you know, know, oh, shouldn't have that. Or, you know, this is leading me down a path or, you know, you don't have enough photos of you. I forget the way you phrased it, but there was a a phrase you used about kind of highlighting the real of your life. 
So is that something like, do you encourage these men once you kind of work through, or women too, once you work through kind of their issues or their roadblocks? And I mean, probably when someone starts to open up, like when it's my turn in a couple minutes and I'm opening up, I feel like you're going to be like, ding, 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 like, and and you're going to see it and it's going to be glaringly obvious to you. But like for someone like me, I'm going to be like, well, Cora, I have been single for like, ugh. (laughs) Like, like nine years or something, you know, no real long term relationship in that span of time. And I'm going to tell you my desired outcome is to get to a point where, you know, I'm in a relationship and then I feel like whatever I'm going to say, you're going to be like, well, this is why you're not there. I mean, does that happen? Well, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see (laughs) something Sometimes it's a little bit more evident, but honestly, a lot of times, and this is where I get this question a lot, like at events or just, sometimes I'll have people come up to me and be like, what is it? What's the problem? And I'm like, Uh I don't know. I don't know until we have a conversation because like sometimes it's like deeply buried. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to know, but yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's extremely evident. I mean, most often it's a variety of things, right? I mean, what it is truly is like, it's aligning the actions you're taking, the decisions you're making, the behaviors mm-hmm. that you're exhibiting and like the energy you're exuding that you're showing up with, with what you want. So right. essentially the process is if you're not having or experiencing what you want, it's probably because something in there is a little wonky. Something in that right. lineup is not like click, 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 click. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and maybe I know that there is a disconnect, but I don't yeah. know how to put it back together or, yeah. you know, whoever you're working with. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we create disconnect because we've had shitty experiences or we feel mm-hmm. discouraged. So we kind of like shut down certain things or we lead with other things or a lot of it's self-protective. So from that place, we can really appreciate we're just out here trying to protect ourselves, right? So like, right. there's no shame in having these patterns that hold you back. It's just like, oh, I can recognize that that's not really helping me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. thank you to my former self for putting that in place because I had a shitty experience or that's the best I knew how to do at the time or whatever. But a lot of it's residual. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I want to tell you one thing that I did that was really ballsy this week too. Hell yeah. I, I, so <laughs> I kind of have this, you know, person in mind of who I would like to date and be in a long-term relationship with or, you know, to eventually lead to marriage. And I came across somebody on a profile that I thought, ooh, he checks a lot of those boxes, you know, the, the education, the, you know, attraction piece, his background, kind of, you know, just work ethic, those type of things driven successful. And on this particular app, I don't have a great success rate of getting a response back. So I DM'd him on Instagram. Awesome. I've totally done that. <laughs> have you? Yes. Definitely have poached people from Tinder and DM'd them on Instagram. Absolutely. Right. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's even seen it yet. Either way, this is what matters. It's like the inner, like what matters is the confidence you gain through doing something like that. True. Through yeah. taking the situation by the balls, so to speak, mm-hmm. and being yeah. like, cool. Well, um, here's how I'm going to reclaim a little bit of agency here. Right. So like, honestly, no matter if he sees it, if he responds, if he doesn't, if he, whatever, what is awesome about that is like the confidence you gain through doing something exhilarate, like the exhilaration of 
I just tried something new. Oh, right. Well, yeah. And, and, and it I was made... fun. And I got a thrill no matter what right. happened. Like, <laughs> you know, and awesome. I thought, why the yeah. hell not? I mean, what, what do I have to lose? What is he going to say? No, he's going to leave me on red. You right. know, I mean, well, whatever. Either. What's the other, what's the other possibility is that he, like, then you're just back to where you would have been initially, which is that you're not having a connection with him. So right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? So yeah. So I'll keep <laughs> you posted awesome. there. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was my ballsy move of the week. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yeah. All right. So back to the apps. Tell me, yeah. your, tell me your thoughts. What are, what are your favorite ones? And, yeah. and walk me through that. So here's what I think with the apps. I, I'd say my, my approach in general is like realistic optimist <laughs> across the board uh, when it comes to, to relationships. And like, I would say that's kind of like the ethos of my coaching as well. Mm-hmm. So with the apps, I view them as a tool. I view them as a tool. They're a tool that can be really effective for helping you connect with people. They also have a lot of potential psychological downsides, in my opinion. Mm. So I actually think if we're aware of that, and if we keep it in perspective, and if we are also meeting people in real life, essentially like opening up as many avenues for ourselves as possible to meet someone, right? Because you don't know how it's going to happen. It could happen in, right. in so many ways. People meet in the weirdest ways. They meet at the grocery store. They meet on Tinder. They meet on Tinder and go on one date and then run into each other six months later. And then suddenly yeah. they're like both ready or like, just like they reconnect with their exes. They, you know, they mm-hmm. meet at a music festival. They meet at like a yoga class. They meet on the street. They, they're just, there's so many possible ways to meet people. There's right. so many possible ways if you're really being open to it, right? Mm-hmm. So apps are one potential avenue to meet people through. So here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of app culture. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan for a few reasons, mostly in that I believe that what app culture encourages is more like instant gratification and avoidance of discomfort in a momentary way that actually creates a larger discomfort in a cultural way. So what I mean by that, that's all kind of um, abstract. What I mean by that is when you're swiping through an app, you presumably are swiping through other people who are single, who are interested, who are available to date, Mm -hmm. right? Presumably, (laughs) right? But there's this pre-filtered, hey, it's safe to make a move here because we're all here for an express purpose, right? Mm -hmm. That can be really awesome if everyone's owning, okay, here's what I really want. Here's, you know, right? But what it takes out of the equation is, the emotional risk and the emotional investment that comes with taking an emotional risk. So let's say that you meet someone in real life and you are, let's say you meet them at a party and you find them attractive. You're like, oh, okay. Oh, well, huh. And then you kind of talk to them a little bit. You're vibing a little bit, but you're like, oh, I don't even know if they're single. Oh, and then you like ask your friend. You're like, oh, like you don't really know. And then like you have to take that risk. You have to start taking those little micro risks Mm -hmm. to test the water to like bring in a little flirtation to see what's up as you're invested, like as you're doing this, you're investing in that connection. And when you invest, you're investing fucks, essentially, you're like, I kind of care. I kind of care a little bit, right? Versus like, if you don't have to take those risks to like put yourself out there a little bit, suss it out to like, Mm -hmm. go through that process, 
you don't value that connection as much, right? That's so true. And I yeah. am thinking of like a perfect example mm-hmm. this week and and this is what turns me off. Mm-hmm. So I matched with a man, he reached out, we started a conversation mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, you know, he, he may not have checked all the boxes, but I was like, I'm going to give him a chance, you know, I'd like to see if this one can get to an in-person connection. And then I took the time to write this like thoughtful response back. He yeah. responded responded to me. I did see it, but I was in the middle of something. So I was like, I'll get back to it, you know, shortly. Like I I wasn't going to like sit on it. It wasn't anything that I mentally planned. It was just like, oh, I'm, I was like wrapping something up or whatever. I'll, you know, respond in just a little bit. And then he deleted me. He ghosted. (gasps) And I was like, you know what I mean? And then it, and then I go through this thing where it's like, okay, well that was a really shitty waste of my time, you know? Yeah. So what it is on both ends is that everyone's just not that invested. No one's really valuing the connection as much. Doesn't mean, I mean, honestly, we don't know if you were to have met that man in real life, like and forged a connection and both kind of taken those risks that would make you invest, which would make you value the connection more like that could be an incredible connection, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know. So it's, it's not the people per se. It's like, it's the app culture, right? Right. So, but that gets us, okay, if we're dating, especially if we're only dating through apps, we show up on those dates, neither party is that invested. It's demoralizing. It's right. demoralizing. It, it is. That is, yeah. that's yeah. the perfect word for it. Yeah. It's demoralizing. But the point is that what concerns me about app culture is that you get on these dates, if both people are demoralized, then it's a shitty date, which makes you feel more demoralized because you're like, oh my God, is this really everything that is available? Like, is this what dating is, right? Like, right. that is a problematic potential byproduct of the experience. So that is not to say that apps are the, and I mean, it's the same thing with any type of technology, right? We could say that a similar thing about social media. It's, it's how you use it. Like Instagram, for example, can be a toxic zone of, uh, self-comparison. It can also be an amazing place of community and inspiration. It's just like, how totally. do you use this? And how do you take responsibility, personal responsibility for how you're engaging with these technologies mm-hmm. to, as I say a lot, like using them instead of letting them use you. Right. So that's kind of briefly some thoughts on online dating is that you just have to be conscientious. You just have mm-hmm. to be conscientious. And I always, always encourage people to date in multiple ways. Meet like stay as open as in as many different ways as possible, and yeah, DM them on Instagram. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, you get to play with this and have fun with it, and be like, "Oh, what's something I haven't tried yet?" Okay, right. So like, why what I'm doing isn't working, right? So why not? Yeah. Yeah, or and honestly, too, like even just refreshing your energy. So what I suggest to people, honestly, sometimes I get on the phone with someone who is clearly just like incredibly demoralized by online Mm -hmm. dating. And I will tell them to get the fuck off the apps because you're not going to solve the problems from the place of being in the problem. So whether that is, okay, you're just not doing app dating anymore, or okay, you're taking a month off to go reconnect with your mojo, reconnect with some enthusiasm, get some creative ideas so that if and when you come back to the apps, you come with a different mindset and yeah. you, you come with different ideas. That's awesome. And also create a streamlined workflow with it and spend Ooh. very little time on the apps because what you want to do is you want to protect your morale because as we okay. see, like that is the pattern that can happen, which is like the, I see it all the time, especially with online dating is like these seasons of plenty and the seasons of pestilence. I think we might've mm-hmm. talked about that at Pillow Talks, but it's like mm-hmm. you go hog wild and then like you get demoralized and you're like, 
fuck this. And then you like get right. off it. And then by the time you're like, then you get rearing to go again. Then you're like, well, I'm going to go hog wild. Like versus like, okay, slow and steady, but mm-hmm. create a system. So what I really suggest to you is like stick to two. Don't overwhelm okay. yourself. Like pick your two favorite platforms and spend uh, 10 minutes, 10 minute chunks, two to three times a day. So like okay. don't spend more than 30 minutes on it per day because then you're not and does like, that over mean responding yourself. to people too mm-hmm. yeah so maybe you're doing some swiping in the morning then like mm-hmm. a few hours later like setting up those intervals so that you can keep the flow going because as we both know like momentum is really important in online dating and like people will lose interest if there's not momentum or like right so getting on there maybe you're doing some swiping out around like 11 a.m maybe around 2 or 4 p.m you are sending some messages or responding to messages maybe around 6 p.m you're following up on those messages. And like, honestly, by that point, if you've talked a little bit back and forth, then you can move it to text or move it to planning logistics or what, like move it forward. Right. Right. So let me ask you this. So I don't know if you've been following the experiment on Netflix, Love is Blind. No, I haven't, but a few people have told me about it. Oh my God. You have to check it out because it's just fascinating to me developing a relationship with somebody that you've never seen. Yeah. And and granted, they didn't cast anybody who wasn't an attractive person, but just very interesting, like building this bond and this connection and, you know, just that being the foundation versus physical attraction, because typically everything on an app or really in real life, the Mm -hmm. initial, you know, spark is based on attraction. Right. You know, a right. physical attraction, I mean, visual, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But then if you did a lineup of the men that I've dated, yeah. nobody looks alike. Nope. I mean, you know, like there's some that I'm like, oh, you know, he was, you know, in my yeah. mind, like the ideal, he was he was cuter or hotter than the other. But mm-hmm. like, I'm not attracted to that. I'm attracted to personality and yeah. sense of humor and, <laughs> you know, somebody who can, you know, literally make me laugh or who is thoughtful. So yeah. it is just like this crazy dynamic of you know, does, is there one person for everybody or is, what does that look like? Or are there a plethora and you, it's just timing and the universe connecting you? Yeah. What I love, basically what I do with clients too, is like, I think everything we're describing is highlighting how much in love and relationships and dating, how there's so much that is out of our control. Like there's, right. we can't control how this other person is behaving, like the level to which they have the courage to be open to the experience, the place in life they're in, what exactly happens with like, they have a super busy time at work, right? As you're starting to get close, right? We can't control these things, but what we can control is ourselves and mm-hmm. what we take from all of those experiences. So like what I say to clients too is like, Really how I view dating and relationships is it's just this playground for personal growth. That to me is so much more empowering because, I mean, that's relationships are there to challenge you. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's so beautiful about them. That's why they open you up so much is because they challenge you, right? Like relationships are triggering. They bring things to the surface uh, that maybe you've been avoiding looking at or whatever it might be. That's also why a lot of us avoid relationships, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're actually doing is avoiding inner work. We're avoiding self-growth, right? But that's what makes it really fun is when you just focus on how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? And what can I learn? What is this teaching me? What is this here to teach me that I can take on my 
journey of, of growth. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really how I like to look at it because as we see, there's so much, there's so much that is everyone else's shit, right? So right. Like, the more you own your own shit, also yeah. like you, then people notice that. And then, then from there, when you show up like that, that's where you're going to attract the people who are also taking responsibility for themselves, right? So part of the process is learning also to just show up more and more as the most empowered version of yourself, because that's where you're going to attract that person who you're like, you're there's a, they're a match. They're not just that dude yeah. at the grocery store. I could just be like, yeah, I have a boyfriend now. Like this is someone where I'm like, whoa, you're challenging me. And, and mm -hmm. like not only, I mean, the ideal too is like that, the challenge and the support. Yeah. Where you're yeah. growing together. One other thing I have to ask, yeah. are you going to be back in LA anytime soon? I definitely am. I'm, I don't know exactly when, probably I like to pop in every couple months. So hopefully soon, I will absolutely let you know when I am. Yes, please do. Because yeah. I would love to get a group of girlfriends and, yes. or whoever, and then yeah. come to your event because I think yeah. One, I I love you because you're real and you're you're raw and you're genuine. Two, I think you bring like you're just a natural at this. Like your your language and your knowledge and and also the fact like you're in a relationship and and I kind of see that you know on your social media. But yeah. but I kind of love that you also keep that a little bit private. But a yeah. lot of these people out here kind of giving you advice, telling you what to do. And I'm not saying yeah. that you know he's your end all be all and you have to like marry right. him for for me to like believe and trust in what you're telling me. But like right. there is something said to that you know or to be said about that because you're living yeah. it and you're out here yeah. experiencing exactly mm -hmm. what I'm going through and you kind of know both sides and that there's a certain comfort and then yeah. increased level of trust in, mm -hmm. in what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, as you know, I'm open about the fact that I'm in a relationship, but I also, part of why I keep it a little bit private is to give myself the freedom, just, just to give myself the privacy. Right. Which I think you're entitled privacy, to that. Yeah. Totally, and also I think that's good for my relationship. I don't want there to be any sort of like external career pressure on what it needs to look like. So that's really why I do that. And also I would say that I, I, I've been in this relationship for a year and a half, but prior to that, I was, I was out there flopping around in the dating, <laughs> scene, you know, yeah. I was doing it. Not like I'm, I'm very tapped into what's actually happening, which I would say like, yeah, you see a lot of relationship coaches. I mean, everyone has different perspective, different expertise. There are things that people who have been in relationship for the last 10 years, like fully know, right? But they're, mm -hmm. they're, it's different experiences. We all have different experiences. And like, we all gain knowledge based on that. And it's all valuable. Yeah, it's well, just, I appreciate you sharing, you know, being open, sharing and, and tapping into your talent and kind of like your calling, because you're helping other people. And that is huge. And I, I feel that and I know others will as well. So. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you, Cora. You're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Surely you can see that you can Thanks for tuning in to your such a catch. You guys, I had a little head start on you. So I had Cora's advice for a couple weeks now. And so I decided to put it into action and figured then I'd report back to you my findings. So for the past couple of weeks, I picked two apps. So I picked Bumble and I picked Hinge. 
and I did her theory. I swiped about 10 minutes at a time, a few times a day. I wasn't consistent. I didn't do it every day, but it was more consistent than normal. And I really focused on not getting emotionally invested in any way. So did I still have negative exchanges? Did I still get ghosted? Did I still get left on red? Yes. But I just took it, like as Cora said, as a lack of investment from the other person's part. So rather than, you know, fixate on it or think it has something to do with me, I just kind of chalked it up to a loss and, and moved on. Well, their loss really, right? So I will say I have been on three dates. One I met on Bumble, one I met on Hinge, and one I actually met real life out and about at a bar. So... <laughs> It works. I'm living proof of it. So, <laughs> and no, I didn't do anything else out of the ordinary. I literally just invested a little time and had that mindset and tried to make the online dating portion not work, but fun. And, you know, just kind of kept it a game with myself. So try it. I mean, challenge yourself. What do you have to lose, really? But I will tell you, so... <laughs> <laughs> Two of the dates went well. One was god awful. And I don't think you can you can't predict what's going to happen, right? I mean, the best part is I also felt like I was resilient after that. So that was actually my first date out of the three. And it went horribly, horribly wrong, which I can tell that story another day. However, I just bounced right back and got back out there and went on the other two dates and didn't let that impact you know my time. And I'm glad I didn't because the last date I went on went very, very well. I'm hoping there's a second date. So more to come there. So challenge yourself this week. Put yourself out there. Be open to all avenues that lead to new connections. You guys, if I can do it, you can do it. And you know what? I think it can work. I do. <laughs> all right, let me know. 